0: what's up today i talked to my good friend yi lee yi is a librarian she owns multiple restaurants with her husband she is a go-getter and we talked about her family and her origin stories and i hope it inspires you to go out and make a difference five four three what's up friends what's up friends we're back but why not but why not we are live and we're back after three weeks of basically seems like a hiatus of of all of Venture wisconsin and i'm super excited to get come back um uh, i got married that's kind of the life update that's why we've been gone and i'm super glad to honestly i'm really excited to be back for the live show and today we have Yi Lee. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, as as Nia put it, Nia Han, uh, just a, a super, just just a super woman, Honestly, <laughs> just a superhero. Um, Yi, you own with your husband Big Pot, which is a new restaurant in yes. town, and you're a librarian.
1: Yes, that's
0: correct. <laughs> so, which came first?
1: So, um, the restaurants. Um, the whole journey of starting the restaurant um, all began with my mom, who owns Mice Deli. Um, we started as a farmer's market here in Appleton downtown for um, the last 15 years. So she started the farmer's market for about five years. She started building a lot of customers who love her stuffed chicken wings and then the products that she introduced at the market. So um, I was. Finishing my undergraduate. Okay, where um, was that? At UW Madison. So while I was going to college, I was helping my mom um, operate her little food stand at the farmers market, and um, she, when I was about to finish my degree, she said that she wanted to leave the factory job that she has done for the last fifteen years, and she wanted to start a new journey which was to open up my deli as a brick-and-mortar place Mm -hmm. so um... That was the time when i decided that i was going to help my mom through this journey we are i was the first generation in my family to go to college and first generation family business owners Um, there was a lot of struggles and challenges that we learned along the way but because my mom doesn't understand english um, i was the person who did everything from filing paperwork to contacting contractors to um, getting the menu and everything ready for the community, um, so that was kind of like how I got into the food industry was, you know, being the backbone of Mize Deli.
0: Yeah, um, just real quick, should this be closer? Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll get that a little closer. Okay. Um, so there, there's a, a lot there. So Mize Deli, the as a food stand. And I've heard this story before Mm -hmm. I feel like a few different places. When did it open as a restaurant? How many years ago?
1: Um, Ten years ago.
0: Okay, so and this was like right on the tail end of you graduating? Yes. Okay.
1: So um, I was graduating that year with my bachelor's degree and that was during the time when I was helping her um, and then because it was a small family owned business, um, we couldn't afford to hire mm-hmm. people to help manage the restaurant or um, to serve or cook. It was just more like a smaller takeout, um, quick service restaurant. So my mom has six children. So all six of us <laughs> rotate while we're in school to continue helping her operate the business.
0: That's awesome. That's how. Like that's that's kind of the hustle, right? Yes. I mean, making things work, literally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like how many were you kind of the operation operator role? You know,
1: that? I wore um, different hats mm-hmm. um, throughout my time working at my's Deli. Um, I was um, a line cook, helping my mom to cook prep. Um, I was kind of helping to do some of her financial accountant stuff. Um, I also was front of the house. So like in different roles um, throughout mm-hmm. uh, my Deli's j- journey. Um, so then I, I feel like I was a lot like playing, being the role as a general manager um, right. at that time because all my siblings were still young and they weren't able to dedicate a lot of their time right. like now.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, so you have a huge role or not not that your role is huge but your effort in the community is Mm -hmm. huge um because not that there's one person in in a community that just has the big role right Right. it's a community Mm -hmm. um what started getting you into that like did you open up because you were more involved in the community before you started opening up your own restaurants with your husband yep so like how did that start was, was it through Mize and you were just kind of like, you just started connecting with people and you are like, um, there's an opportunity It's a here? lot of
1: um, my whole life experience um, growing up, um, living in poverty, um, coming from a low income family. The things that I see and I struggle growing up mm-hmm. made me realize that other people in my community are struggling to. I wanted to be able to use um, my experience and create um, programs and resources available to the other community members. So I think that's why um, I decided to go into library school. Um, while I got my to operate, I continue on with my graduate degree mm-hmm. because undergraduate I was working in an academic library and I love helping students to um, find articles um, for them to do the research right whether it'll be in the medical field um, social worker just helping people connect to the right resources so that they can be able to um, write their articles so I i fell in love with libraries and books and how um people are getting The resources that they need so therefore I started library school and while I was starting library school um, I also had children young children at that time too so um, I was learning about children's books the importance of parents reading to their children Mm -hmm. and um, that whole shared reading experience the literacy um, component of it and um, you know I said hey I want to since I'm living here in Appleton um, I was finishing up my graduate degree I had to complete an intern so that was where I decided that I wanted to do my intern at the Appleton Public Library because I wanted to be able to bring early literacy skills to the home community I want children to have access to books. Because many of the children in our community are not they don't they don't grow up in a home um, rich literacy environment, mm-hmm. and um, how
0: long has this been going on?
1: So you mean um, the
0: like, um, so you're coming at this problem, mm-hmm. which is the literacy yep. of youth. Um, Were you able to build out some programs or are you still working on that? No,
1: so um, it all started as an intern at the Appleton Public Library. And um, I had to to complete 120 hours before I could um, receive my um, graduate degree. So then I just decided that, you know, I didn't know where my life was going to be like I just said, I'm going to go into the library, complete my 120 hours, and then just continue being back at Mais Deli, help my mom operate MyS Deli, because um, I was at this age where, you know, I didn't know where my life was going to be like. Right. And um, when I started working at the library, started making visits to Hmong families' homes, um, started seeing that right in our community, so mm-hmm. many people struggles with homelessness, poverty, and also a lack of education, health care, there's so much issues that we face and these children. um, And we don't see it. Yeah, and we don't see it. And um, we went into their homes, Um, a lot of them didn't have children's books, like age-appropriate children's books. So babies didn't have board books. um, school-age children didn't have the appropriate books that will help them build those um, language and literacy skills, mm-hmm. so.
0: So how how did you approach the problem? Was it just um, acquiring the books, or like how do you get the books into, um, how so do you get it into people's hands? So that's how we
1: started. Um, it's called, the program is called Appleton Ready to Read. It right. is still um, a very successful program that is now um, run by our Hmong Outreach Specialist, I currently don't, um, I'm not in that role anymore, okay. but I started that program and we were able to receive grants and to be able to purchase um, books and teach parents, like model how to read to parents so mm-hmm. that they understand the importance of reading at a young age before children enter kindergarten, yep. um, so that they can build those literacy skills and um, also have the vocabulary um that is needed
0: that's Mm -hmm. beautiful i like my theory is and this is exactly what you just said the younger you start the more impact you have yeah you know like so in terms of do you know like numbers wise because this is so like face-to-face it's like one-on-one which is awesome Um,
1: so during that 120 (laughs) hour that i had to commit to at the library um we were able to connect to 10 of the Hmong families and Mm -hmm. those were families that um, their parents never went to school Mm -hmm. Um, many of them were refugees from thailand Mm -hmm. so they recently just arrived um, to the united states since 2005 Um, A lot of them are also caregivers, like grandparents, who would take care of these children while the parents were working. Uh Um, So there was like 10 families that we met, and we knew there were more families. That's why the library was able to continue um, having this position position so that we can reach out to more families, and during the time, that I was the outreach specialist, we were able to reach out to a hundred Hmong families in our community here. That's huge. Um, and then we also, because of that successful program, we were able to bring um, a Hispanic outreach specialist too. So right awesome. now we have a Hmong and a Hispanic, so.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Literally a uh, hundred families becomes how many, how many kids that end up um, being
1: a lot of kids because exactly yeah each family's. um i think there was like just for the Hmong there was probably more uh, over 150 children because um there was a lot of siblings like children um mm-hmm. in each family so we were able to provide a lot of books um awesome. coloring materials for them
0: sometimes like when you hear the like, when you hear that that you were able to impact a hundred families in your position, it almost doesn't seem it it seems disconnected almost. Like mm-hmm. it's just like that's nice, but like that is literally doing the work to solve the problems that we just complain about all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's that is really cool. Yeah. Um, I wanna. I part of me wants to take the the um, Hispanic community, Hmong community and, mm-hmm. and go into that food and how it brings us together yes, talk yes. we were having mm-hmm. before. But I wanted to ask you before we get into that. Um, it seems like you were kind of always a connector maybe mm-hmm. because that like that joy. And that's what we
1: do librarians and you know we're not yeah. just a space for people to come and check out books. We're more than that. Mm-hmm. So we um, connect organizations we also connect people to resources the information that they need in order to live a quality life in our community
0: Mm -hmm. yeah the libraries are so maybe to me because i i guess i don't use them as much Mm as i could i'm sure um it's cool that they're there because at the end of the day they are a resource for everybody it's you know it's a public Mm -hmm. good um so and then I wanted to go back to the struggle. You're talking about the mm-hmm. poverty and the struggle. Was that, um, was that here in Appleton? Yeah, that okay. was
1: that was right here in Appleton. Um, because we came to the United States in 1991. Okay. So um, when we arrived here, um, my mom was the only one who was currently working. My dad mm. um, continued going to Fox Valley Technical College nice. for a certificate, or I believe it's a degree in machine machine operator. Nice. So my mom was the only one who was currently working raising six kids, mm-hmm. and that was very difficult. So, um, yeah, we were on a lot of government assistance, and mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. to take those um, opportunities to um, be able to help us during those difficult times. And
0: um, What does it mean to you in terms of and real quick, so you guys got here in 91, mm-hmm. Bowl 91, that's where the, yep. right. Um, what does it mean to you to be able to overcome that? And like, what do you think it, what do you think it gave you to um, have gone through it?
1: You know, I, 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 I am a living proof of this person who has struggled throughout her whole entire Childhood life to adulthood. I married at a young age. I had kids at a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when if when people see me at you know probably about twenty years ago, they'll be like, you might not even go to college. You might not even have a future Mm -hmm. um, because you grew up in a um, poor family. Your parents never had education. But to me, it was about never giving up. I wanted to prove those individuals wrong that never believed in me. I wanted to be able to be a role model to others who might feel that they might not um, be able to make it or be successful because of difficult circumstances that they had um, in their life. Like, I just want to be able to be that proof for those individuals who are struggling, whatever they're going through right now in life, like it's okay. Um, Everything will start to come together and um, just keep dreaming, keep believing in yourself and never give up.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's cool too, because the never give up is the key because (laughs) sometimes when someone looks at you and they're like, Oh, she's got this message of overcoming adversity now she's um now things are going well the never give up never stops right mm-hmm. right it's like so, like something might happen tomorrow it it might be the economy it might be something that happens mm-hmm. in your family and like you like you're not going to give up still you know right. what i mean like it's mm-hmm. like okay we've been here before let's move forward yep. i think I think that's like an important thing to uh, to say. Yep. You know, is that maybe you're not claiming to be perfect, yeah. or things. And especially
1: aren't. for us um, refugees and immigrants' children, our parents mm-hmm. have gone through so much to um, raise us and to sacrifice their life and their family to bring us to the United States. So for for me, um, I just want to work hard and be able to um, make them proud and also. Give my children the opportunities that I never had. Mm-hmm. So I want to build this dream and this legacy for my children.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so food is it? Is it the love for food? Is it because you just? Is it because you know food? Because it was in your life? What's what's the what's the love for food? Um,
1: so in our, in our culture, in the Hmong culture, we do a lot of gatherings, um, uh, our rituals. Um, are always about, you know, it involves food. So we always prepare meals to um, 100 to 200 people. It's Mm -hmm. big families gathering on weekends. So food was a big part of um, our life growing up. And my mom makes the best home cooked meals. And I feel like now my kids are not spoiled with those home good cook meals because I'm so busy Mm. in my life that I don't get that chance to cook as much as I want for them but Mm -hmm. growing up we um, no matter how hard life was uh, my mom always cooked really good meal for us and Mm -hmm. I always remember her cooking and um, the cooking that we eat in during gatherings um, and also like even on holidays now so
0: do your kids ever do your like so I'll, do your kids eat at the restaurant or do they do they get grandma's meals or? Um
1: they only eat like once a month at the restaurant. Okay. We don't bring them to the restaurant. Okay. Um but we make um, food at the restaurant and then we bring it to them at home. Sometimes they come to the restaurant too. Yeah. But um my mom ma- and my mom doesn't cook any home cooked meals for for us anymore, so my kids don't get that experience too. <laughs> okay. Because Dang. right now she's so busy at Mize Deli, right? And um, she, they don't get spoiled like how we did. Too. So,
0: do your brothers and sisters still? Yep. Like they're still highly involved at Mize.
1: Yep. So, um, one of my brother who's currently completing his um, MBA at UW nice. Oshkosh is the main manager who operates Mize Deli and helps my mom right now. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. So uh like how how do you manage being a librarian full-time and running two restaurants
1: um so i i work full-time but um during my um non-working time at the library i dedicate a lot of my time um, at my restaurants A lot of time you don't see me out in the front because I'm always in the back kitchen helping my team in the back, but I'm very blessed to have a strong general manager who operates both of the restaurants and we um, have assistant managers at each restaurant. So we have a, um, a very powerful team who is able to do a lot of the work. Um, so that I don't have to be there or my husband doesn't have to be there so that we can still be able to balance our life career and you know business
0: definitely we were talking before we started and um, This they kind of go together. You were saying you want to start a group for um, young Hmong professionals Mm -hmm. basically just a way for people to connect and like like what you're doing with the restaurants, I feel like grows the culture. Like that's where the f- literally food connects in that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just the exposure. Um, wh- what do you see? How do you see the community growing? Like the Hmong community growing in like Appleton accepting it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And And kind of them growing together. How do you see that happening?
1: Um, Well, we um, we recently, me and um, other Hmong um, have come together to start a group called Northeast Wisconsin Hmong Professionals, and that group is to provide a welcoming, safe space for us to network, connect, um, engage empower and elevate each other so that um, together by doing things more together we're stronger and we're able to accomplish more Um, and also be able to support each other's businesses and Mm -hmm. if there were people who were interested in starting a business we would be able to help them and connect them to the right resources Mm -hmm. so um, I remember growing up here in the 90s there weren't a lot of um, ethnic restaurants mm-hmm. um, and especially for the Hmong community, not many Hmong were interested in being business owners mm-hmm. because at that time they didn't know um, how to start their own business. But currently, as of now, um, there are a lot of Hmong businesses in our community here and I believe there will be more. Um, Definitely opening in the near future and that we we need more restaurants we need more different um, businesses not just the restaurant but businesses that are operated by uh, minority owned
0: absolutely and I I think it's interesting because I think um, and I I don't know the exact data Mm -hmm. but it seems like um, in terms of minority communities Hispanic and Hmong are like the biggest yes, in in correct. Northeast Wisconsin, yep. and it really does seem to start with food, yeah, because mm-hmm. like where culture combines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it seems like it does seem a little segregated after that. It's mm-hmm. like um, it's like Latin Latin tax service mm-hmm. or uh, or Hispanic tax service or or Hmong tax service mm-hmm. and. But I, th- I think that's how it starts. Right. You know what I mean? And then those kids that, that you helped, you know, in the past mm-hmm. come up in that next generation and yes. that's when that's when uh just a everyday successful car lot or um or just some like anything, maybe it's like a, a marketing agency mm-hmm. becomes, you know, it's it's Hispanic owned and it, but it doesn't even come across that way. It's just mm-hmm. like um like that's when diversity really happens yeah you know what i mean but <clears throat> yeah i think yeah i, I think, think we're
1: planting the seeds exactly. and we're paving the way for the next generations to come so that they feel comfortable and they feel like they are able to um open more businesses mm-hmm. in the community here and um especially because we are becoming more of a welcoming community and mm-hmm. accepting so
0: definitely yeah, yeah it's awesome and it, it it does it takes leadership and it takes time yes and connections yes literally uh whether it's networking groups whether it's through volunteering or mm-hmm. through the arts like mm-hmm. the pac or, or anything but it's really cool and we were kind of like we were talking about before the show like i think it'll be so cool to watch that play out in terms mm-hmm. of like events. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we were talking like in, entire festivals that are either mm-hmm. maybe maybe they're multicultural or maybe they're like maybe they're a mix and they mm-hmm. come together to form some crazy thing mm-hmm. we didn't even you know we couldn't have even imagined. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah and so I mean we did talk a little bit about um, festivals. Um, in our community here they're Even at the library and like celebrate diversity. There's organizations that have had cultural events, um, like the celebrate diversity's picnic cookout that they do in the summer. They bring food, they um, food, and then different performance of cultures. Who puts this on? Um, celebrate diversity and also the the city of Appleton. Okay, Mm -hmm. gotcha. So then they do that um, in the summer. They do it every year. Um, the library also does a variety of cultural events and we always celebrate the Hispanic Heritage Month um, by bringing in performers, bringing in um, information to the community so that they better understand our cultures and then we always have um, a Hmong culture event too.
0: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think, when I think of big multicultural events in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. obviously I think the biggest ones are like milwaukee yeah right um but yeah i definitely i definitely think it's gonna keep growing do you know what time of year the celebrate diversity um i don't is?
1: remember but then um just in september we did have a rhythms of the world um i saw that yeah
0: it was um, in houdini plaza yes it was yeah.
1: but um it was a lot more focused on um, music, performance. Um, mm-hmm. They did have food vendors too, but those were food vendors that were already a part of the Appleton Downtown Inc's farmer's market. Okay. So maybe in the near future, more food could become a part of that festival and it can grow.
0: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, were you a part of that?
1: Yes, I was. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Did, was the li- did the library have a hand in it? Or?
1: Um, the library was a partner okay. um, of that event and then there were a couple other organizations like the Rotary Club that um, sponsored money to be able to have that event, nice. the City of Appleton, yeah. um, Indus of the Fox Valley. So okay. a lot of um, organizations came together and put on that
0: event. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, along the lines of what you said about we could have had more, it kind of brings up and I forgot, I kind of uh, skipped over it cuz I asked you Sorry. where this all started, but your question of the day. Um, so basically uh you were talking about how we have good food, right? We have a good yeah, scene. We
1: we have that. Mm-hmm. But
0: it's growing. So, what what was your question of the day for so, the people?
1: Um, food brings people together. It brings cultures. Um, we can better understand, um, you know, just different cultures and mm-hmm. what what people can do um, with food and how creative food can be. So, in the Fox Cities here or in Northeast Wisconsin, what kind of food would you like to um, have businesses? be doing or like what kind of food trends do you want to come to the Fox Valley here Mm -hmm.
0: so kind of switching up the flow here the question of the day is what kind of food trends would you like to see in Northeast Wisconsin I think (laughs) we have we really we have little seeds of a lot of different things and um, like the Egyptian cafe Mm -hmm. or um, I think one of them just closed but there's one of the Indian restaurants is still open
1: um, sorry.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And did one did close, right? The one on Richmond?
1: Um, I am not sure. Not sure. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, know the, not the store. That, yeah. <laughs> the, the store is closed, but I don't know about okay. the restaurant part.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool, too. Like, that, actually, when we were talking about, like, um, basically minority communities, I was thinking, like, maybe there is, like, an Indian community that, like, I don't know about to to be able to support Mm -hmm. two or three restaurants in Appleton. Yes, try to keep Mm -hmm. our. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, Appleton seems to have the most diverse food options.
1: Yes, of any place. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but we can. I think there's more that um, we can be. What would you like
0: to see more of? um,
1: I would like to see a Taiwanese restaurant focusing more on like authentic Sichuan food. So yeah, so if you go to Chicago and Chinatown, a lot of the restaurants focus on Sichuan, and um, I really, really love that Interesting. type of flavors.
0: So how much different, because China tries to claim Taiwan, right? Mm-hmm. But they they like maintain their independence. I think yeah.
1: It, well, it's um, they're different,
0: <laughs> right? So yeah, the food, they're pretty yeah, different the culturally, food, yeah. Because they're the an island, is right? Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. What is Szechuan? Um, I
1: don't know, don't know. a lot of like yeah it. the yeah. Szechuan <laughs> flavors too, but sure. I just know I love it. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It's very different. Um, it is a little bit spicy, and like you can taste a lot of herbs. Okay. Um, in a lot of the dishes, but interesting. Yeah.
0: So. I don't remember if this was even before or during, but we were talking about um, how, like, when people first thought of Asian food, they thought Chinese because that was, like, the first big Mm -hmm. cuisine to kind of
1: introduce in the United States and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, But that kind of opened the door to Vietnamese cuisine. You know what I mean? Um, um, Thai food, Korean food, Japanese. My thought is, like, there's so many Mexican restaurants opening, mm-hmm. and that that should be a seed to um, maybe Argentine food or a lot of Central American foods. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. still so much of that that we haven't seen right. spread out. Right. You know what I mean? It's like too yes, definitely. You know,
1: it's it's a desert. <laughs> yeah. Where you know there are more restaurants opening or um, just uh, more variety
0: definitely before and it can be, be fusion it could be yes. you know um but i guess like there is um peruvian um i'm blanking it's right on the ave
1: oh um pisco mar, pisco mar. Yeah. yeah exactly
0: yeah. and i think um because i have talked to them before they kind of started with like very authentic mm-hmm. peruvian mm-hmm. and the city wasn't ready for it so they kind of like They did more of a fusion aspect, which is it's it. You have to adjust, but it does highlight how Mm -hmm. hard it is to open a business when the you know the exposure is not there yet. Right, like I don't know, just how education is such a big part Mm -hmm. of any market. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, Uh, it's interesting. I do want to ask you um, another question before we um, before we go. And that is going through adversity, um, like poverty and the struggle mm-hmm. of like when you were younger. What do you think, if anything, people that don't go through that, um, it's harder for them to to get in terms of like work ethic. Mm-hmm. That you need the adversity to in your in your mind.
1: I don't think so. No. Yeah. Are you saying like people who have gone through more difficult things in their life, like they their work ethic is better or
0: so maybe it's a perspective thing. Yeah, I guess I guess that would be a very that would be a very general blanket term to put on people yeah. who didn't go through as much yeah. adversity. I,
1: th- I think it it just, you know, to me, it's um, I just I'm always on the go. Like I mm-hmm. I want to do more. So when I accomplish something, I just think about something else. Mm-hmm. But um, people who keep me going are my family, my children. So you have to have people. You have to have a reason mm-hmm. why you want to do the things you do. My whole entire journey and career is all based on my own personal experiences um what i see and what i want to do more to the community
0: yeah yeah this so i like never satisfied kind of yeah right yeah. yeah i have that too <laughs> yeah it's almost it's like a blessing and a curse right yeah, yeah. it's cool though it does get overwhelming <laughs> yeah. it really does but
1: it at the end of the day it makes you feel um proud of the Mm -hmm. things you do and whether it's small or big yeah
0: there's and there's like because of that mindset sometimes at the end of the day you don't because you're like i could have done better oh i could do more but it's the moments of of gratitude whether Mm -hmm. it's the moments that you reflect or the moments when like the universe forces you to reflect whether that's someone like giving you a great compliment yes or uh, receiving an award or you know what I mean you just get those moments of recognition and you're just like oh yeah like that's yeah. you know
1: and that amount of support that we receive from you know our customers our community and just people we know like you and mm-hmm. who who want small businesses to be successful or um, who wants to learn more about a different culture so Yeah, thank you so much, Evan and Venture Wisconsin. Um, I appreciate everything.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. I think, seriously, like, one of my other theories is literally, like, leadership is everything. Mm -hmm. Like, without leaders, it's just like, you just, leaders level people up
1: yes leaders
0: level people up leaders level communities up yes and like you literally need like a hierarchy of leaders mm-hmm. to just you know and i just see i just i see the potential and i see leaders stepping up all the time and i'm just like how can i help them you know Definitely. what i mean and like that's what i hope this you know that's that's what we strive to do with, yes. with the live show and, and those and leaders
1: have to remember they have to give other people and the opportunities and the chance to lead too, other Definitely. people, so that they can also become leaders as well too.
0: Absolutely, yeah. that's uh I, honestly like that's literally how I think about this live show. Is like there seems to be like two communities sometimes mm-hmm. because this like the internet is happening so fast. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It connects people so crazy quick, and like I see this like up. Up and coming like and it seems so like obvious to me. Right. But like seriously, like um it's a lot of and it's not all young people, right. But it's a lot of um young to middle aged entrepreneurs just mm-hmm. like doing their thing. And like I, I mean a lot of people I have on on the show obviously, but really like like you, Nia, um mm-hmm. there's so many there's so much more than that. But like and then there's this like almost old guard it feels like um and i do, like i don't even know their name yeah. <laughs> because they don't do the internet thing yeah. and it's yeah. like it's it's who i imagine i'd meet if i got invited to like some big fundraiser mm-hmm. type stuff and like i don't know my hope is my hope along the vein of what you said of leaders also need to give new leaders a chance um i want to help connect those two worlds you know and i'm sure you're you're chipping away i'm sure you meet these people too and Mm -hmm. it's like if we can if we can all come together we're just like we need to we need to be more public yeah about like the direction we're going Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i just feel like i don't know does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it does okay. make sense. Yeah, okay, I get what you mean <laughs>
0: for sure. Um, I have you ever met um Bobby, McF- Bobby Fleshman? Bobby Flashman
1: Um, they come to um my deli a lot too. Okay. So, um, I think when they were renovating their space, they they come there frequently. But because um I'm not there a lot, I don't know them that okay. well. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So um a a interesting example is he he, and i i'm not we don't have to go too deep into this but he brought up kind of like the whole um u.s venture development Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's really exciting economically Mm -hmm. um but he's like okay so we should do this in the short term because it's like great economically it's really exciting but like in the long term, he's like, we should talk as a community, as Appleton, as Northeast Wisconsin mm-hmm. about like what is our identity. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, are we gonna are we gonna be art centric? Are we gonna be innovative startup centric? Are we gonna be or are we gonna like welcome big business in that sort of way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you just don't hear you just don't hear the actual direction publicly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, anyway, I hope I hope we can open Pandora's box for yeah. I think we're at this v-
1: very exciting um, stage for Appleton. I mean, there's just a lot of exciting things coming. Definitely um, developments um, like U.S. Venture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that yeah. It will be an economic um, boost to small business too, mm-hmm. um, bring in new customers for those businesses downtown in Appleton, Northeast Wisconsin, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, What's the come is exciting. And I think the community, the community's here and let's keep connecting them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool, no. thank, thank you. you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Evan. Thank you guys. And what kind of food Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It truly means a lot to me.